This is the Bolder Than Most podcast, where we talk with those making bold moves in business, real estate, and life. I'm your host, Trey Jacobs. Thank you for being here. Let's jump right in. Right, all right. Welcome back to the Bolder Than Most podcast. I'm your host, Trey Jacobs, and today I'm joined by Mr. Charles Hamilton. Charles, how you doing, bro? Good. How you doing? Oh man, I can't complain. You know, it's it's been a day. It's been a day. Um, well, actually, first, do you like Charles or Charlie or what do you go by? Charles. What do your friends call you? Charles. Either. Okay. They call like me Charles. Charles or Chuck. My family calls me Chuck. Most of everybody else calls me Charles. Oh, where, where's your family from? I'm actually from Beaufort, South Carolina. You know where that is? Uh, I know where South Carolina is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you know where Charleston, South Carolina is. Beaufort, South Carolina is about an okay. hour and 15 minutes south of, of uh, Charleston and about 40 to 45 minutes from Hilton Head, South Carolina, in, and it's kind of in the okay. middle and on the coast. And most people know the Paris Island, which is really oh, on the coast. Rains. Nice, man. Nice. Do you go to the beach a lot? Uh, it's got to be old hack because it's, it's, when, when it's here and available to you, you, you don't, you don't uh, take advantage of it as much as you usually do. As other people would, you right, come down. Right, <laughs> This is I'm in, I'm in Dallas, Texas now, so you know the the closest coast to us is like a four four and a half hour drive. But oh, when wow. I did live by the beach, I never went. I never went, right. man. So uh, I'm a little jealous. I miss it. I miss <laughs> it now. We're landlocked, but Dallas is okay. Uh, so Charles, what's your background, man? Where are you coming from? Um, actually, my my initial background was in aerospace engineering. Once I graduated high school, I went to the University of Cincinnati and uh, went to aerospace engineering and did that for a while. And then after I graduated from aerospace, I got my aerospace engineering degree, there were really no jobs out there. So I had to go work at a company that did mechanical engineering and is really doing CAD CAM C software, used to build products and things of that sort. So I did that. And then after I, while I was there, I got a chance to do some consulting at Xerox to that company. And so I was there for probably about two to three years oh, nice. as a lead engineer there. And then I got a chance to go to Washington, D.C. And after that, I switched jobs in Washington, D.C. and went to work for a couple of different companies, but landed with uh, Booz Allen Hamilton and was a consultant there doing project management and some, some management consulting, too, as well. Okay. And were you working on projects that were for the, the military or were you working well, private I, projects? Actually, projects for the intel community. Oh, oh, man. All right, so you're kind of smart then, huh? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I went to high school in Maryland, and I had a lot of buddies who, you know, were working in that space out in D.C. I actually worked on the F-35 project, the one that was like billions of dollars over budget. Well, it wasn't oh. my fault, but I was like a little peon in that project. Um Sweet man. So how did you make the transition or how did you end up, you know, in the in the real estate space, right? Well, one other thing I forgot to mention is while I was at Buzon Hamilton, I actually ended up getting my MBA as well, just to round out my skill set. But as as far as getting into oh, the real yeah. estate world, well, what happened was I, I did a little bit of real estate here and well, not here, but in Maryland and in DC when I was there, just getting to understand it. And then while I was in my MBA program, my father had passed away. And he had left us a four-unit, four-unit oh, no. uh, mobile home park and a house that was being rented. 
<clears throat> so I had to take over that and get into that. And so I did that for probably about the better part of nine to 10 years. And then we actually ended up selling the mobile home park. And, and so I had some extra money that I needed to put to, to work. And I looked at stocks, crypto, uh, single family home investing, also uh, uh, options, looked at a whole bunch of different things, including multifamily. And I ended up landing on multifamily as the one I wanted to go towards because it allowed a win-win relationship between the investor and the actual um, uh, operator of the multifamily. Well, hold on. I want to take one step back. You said you went to get out, or excuse me, you went to get your MBA to round out your skill set. So what was your MBA in? Oh, my MBA was, it was a general MBA, but focused on international, international um, business. Okay. All right. That's what's up. How, how are you using that today? Or are you? <laughs> well, the thing is that um, we got a, got a little taste of everything. Uh, but one thing we did too, we mm -hmm. got into was uh, finance, which is, uh, it could use a little bit of that on the real estate side, looking at performance. Uh, being, being that my background's in engineering and also not, with the MBA, I'm, I'm very comfortable with spreadsheets. So that that's probably the, the biggest part of what I'm used to, that, that I use my degrees for. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm always curious, right? Like I was thinking about going back and getting an MBA as well, but I haven't yet. Do you think it's worth it? Uh, to be honest with you, if, if depending on what you're looking to get into, if you're looking to get into multifamily or, or get into uh, like hotels, which is the other thing I'm getting to, you, you really don't need it. Um, most of the time that now you can go to a school like Babson, where they teach you entrepreneurial MBA, it would probably be worth it. But other than that, they're basically teaching mm -hmm. you how to be an employee and being, in, being an, an entrepreneur is not being an employee. So you don't learn as much as what you would need to do to be, a, to be working in the, uh, on, on the real estate side. Yes, you get your accounting. Yes, you get your finance. Yeah. But it's 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 not the level. It's not the the specificness that you would need for real estate, whether it be any type of commercial rules that you're looking at. Okay. Yeah, I've seen those entrepreneurship programs too, and they've always intrigued me. But yeah, we'll put that on hold for now. <laughs> I'll pay an accountant, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, right. Um. All right. So, you know, obviously rest in peace to your father. Uh, it sounds like that was nine, 10 years ago, but I know it's always tough. Um, but dad had a single family and some other rentals. You took over them. And then how have you kind of segued that experience into uh, multifamily? I know you've closed on a deal and the uh, mm -hmm. hotels. Uh, well, the, the thing is that, um, it, one of the things I work with is a property manager on the properties for the uh, loaning out the, I mean, lend, leasing out the lots. So I got the experience of dealing with a property manager on a, on a property and also learning uh, what, what entails with um, managing a single, a single family home, which I manage myself without a property manager. So I got mm -hmm. that experience, but when you get into the multifamily space, you're not dealing with just one, you're dealing with multiple that you're getting into it. And my my sweet spot is anywhere between 50 to 150 units, which with that level of, of amount of units you're looking for, there's no way you can do it by yourself or you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy if you do. So you have to bring in partners. Right. You have to bring in also, also secondary roles as far as accounting, which you mentioned earlier. Um, also looking at different types of attorneys like real estate attorneys, business attorneys, and getting used to talking with them and working with them is probably what you gain, I gain the most.
Yeah. Yeah. So um, that is super helpful, I'm sure. Uh, how about this? Tell me about the deals that you've closed so far and the ongoing deals, right? So I know you, I think it was a 63 unit, right? Kind of walk 65. me through. Was it 63 units? 65. Oh, yeah, my bad. I'm cutting you short, yeah, no bro. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That, my bad. <laughs> <That was> a... <laughs> no, I'm with you, bro. That extra two, man, that's 65. Ooh, wee. But yeah, tell me about that process. How did that go? How were you introduced to the deal? Where is the, what market is it in? And how's it going so far? Well, the thing is, my, my strategy as far as investing in hotels and also apartments is to work with the experienced invest, experienced uh, sponsors who are actually going out and getting deals. So I actually go and get on those deals after they've mm -hmm. already done a lot of the legwork up front. And I get in it and I do capital raising and I also work on the asset management side, actually managing the asset itself. Like specifically the one, the 65 unit in in in, uh, in Charlotte, I'm actually on the asset management team for that. Now this other one that I'm working on, which is another deal that that's a sponsor had already been working on, I'm doing capital raising for that. And I'm also doing, looking for the financing for the deal too as well. And that deal right now, I think if I remember right, it's right around mm. 120 to 130 million. So it's a big leap from what, what I start off with on the 65 unit uh, apartment complex. Hey guys, my company Page Capital Group is actively sourcing and buying multifamily deals. If you're looking to put your money to work, gain some tax efficiencies and grow your portfolio while we do all the heavy lifting, go to pagecapitalgroup.com backslash invest. That's page, P-A-I-G-E, capitalgroup.com backslash invest. And someone from our team will reach out. Now, back to the show. Okay, that's a lot to unpack, unpack there. Um, obviously, <laughs> 120 to 130, but that's, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Um, as, we'll, we'll hold on that. Let me put a pin in that. And let's go back to the 65 unit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you're saying that somebody the sponsor that you're working with already had already done all the legwork all the market research aligned the financing was in the process of raising and then they tapped you and said hey charles do you want to come be a part of this deal correct and the and this is what i tell everybody when it comes to comes to anything with commercial real estate investing or just real estate investing in general is you have to network network mm -hmm. network network and that's the way i actually found out about this particular sponsor and they saw a couple of deals that they needed some help mm -hmm. on, and I was able to jump in and help out. The due diligence period, right? Were you involved in any of that? Were you involved in any, uh, did you underwrite the deal? Because I'm always curious, right? Like, I do believe the fastest way to get in the deal is to bring the money to it, right? So, Correct. you know, kudos to you on that, right? Um, but I'm just curious, like, I, I want to go a little bit deeper here and kind of share what involvement you had and kind of like uncover what those deal details are. Uh, for for the listeners and honestly for myself, right? Because I'm always super interesting interested in hearing about how the transition process works. Okay, well, I can tell you from the point where I came in the deal, they'd already done the due diligence, they'd okay. already gone through and and, uh, and looked for the financing, and they were going in the they're in the process of capital raising at that point. So what I did was my my role was to come in and understand the deal itself, look at the underwriting, underwrite it for myself to make sure that I I believe that. The, there was going to be a good deal going going forward for me and the investors that I was going to bring in, and then from there we just went and closed the deal at the end of that point in time, and then we started doing the asset management right after that. And with the asset management, that means working with the property manager who was working on the deal, as well as looking out in the future as to what we we're going to do for the property 
once it became stabilized. Gotcha. So it's your like day one, right? Is uh, uh, was it heads and beds, right? Like you just wanted to get the occupancy up as high as you possibly could, or were you guys, um, you know, doing some renovations and and pushing um, these rehab units rent prices higher? Well, in this case, we, we were lucky. We only had to do a little bit of light rehab, and we we're able to push the rents um, probably about a hundred to two hundred dollars on each of the units uh, because of that. Um, okay. Just because of where we just found a good opportunity in a good part of Charlotte, and we we're able to take advantage of that. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. Okay, now back to the hundred and twenty million dollar. Uh, hotel, man. Tell me about that. Cause I, me personally, I'm a general partner on a hotel conversion out in Overland Park um, with a, with a group of us, Cornelius Cannon, who, you know, um, mm-hmm. and the, the process has been interesting to say the least, but <laughs> if I remember correctly, you guys are going ground up, right? Correct. It's, it's actually a ground up development in Sarasota, Florida. And um, it's, it's a 16 story, 16 story building. Uh, with uh, if I remember, it's 120 units that are that are hotel, and then a portion of those, 35 of those, are are condos. So it's a hotel condo uh, development that's being done. So the the thing is that here, if you don't know anything about Sarasota, Sarasota is a very hot market. People are moving there from all across the country. So that's one benefit of the deal. The other benefit of the deal is actually it's a Hilton. It's a Hilton Tapestry, which is part of their luxury luxury brand that they bring to the market. Hmm. So how do you like, do you have to like pay a, um, uh, what is it called? Like a franchise fee or franchise taxes when you're using the Hilton brand? Yeah. You, you pay them a fee for using their brand, but you get to use their systems, which is well, but which is well beneficial. Plus you get the, you get the advantage of, of using their brand and the people that they, they bring to the market, bring to the hotels. Like every, every, every hotel okay. brand has a, a, a group of people that are, that, only stay in those certain hotels and so they can get the benefits of of the rewards and things like that so we get we we get the benefit yeah. of that by just being being associated with that brand yeah in the in the condo part of it these are uh, long-term rentals or are these do you sell no, them the, sell them there's some these would be residences that they'd be living in and if i remember right the the okay. lowest one is 1.8 million to rent and they run, run, run around 1800 to 2700 square feet each of them and hopefully once Ooh. all those get sailed after i remember right is that the hotel the condos alone should bring in anywhere between 80 to 90 million and once sold wow how do you underwrite for that right like the market you know the residential market the interest rates are so high um like how do you underwrite conservatively to make sure that you're hitting your investor numbers when you know we don't really know what's going to happen with the rates we know they're going to go down we just don't know how much in, right. in 2024 well the, the thing is richard the only way you can underwrite it conservatively is take a look, look at what's going in the market for similar properties and then match your underwriting to that and then be even a little bit more conservative above and beyond that to make sure you have a cushion so the, the thing is that there's mm-hmm. This is not the only hotel, only luxury hotel in Sarasota downtown. There's a couple other. There's a Ritz Carlton. If I remember right, I think there's a Marriott, but I don't don't quote me on that. Uh, so you have these other luxury hotels that are out there that you can compare to and get room rates from those two as well. Plus, there's something called a Star Report, and and that's a report that each one of the individual hotels provides their financials to this to this group. 
it's a group that's owned by CoStar and they provide this information to them about their financials. So if you can get a star report on the area, on the hotels in the area, you can get a pretty good idea of what, that, what kind of business you can do. And this particular hotel actually has a, a restaurant in it too, as well, as well as a bar. We'll have a restaurant in the bar. Oh, nice. Okay. And those are run internally or did you just rent out the space to other operators? We rent out the space. Running it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I'm super curious about this because this is all new to me, right? Like I've seen hotels, but I've never really heard how they, uh, the development process works. So with where you guys are at currently, I'm assuming you already have like site control of the land and all of that, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Yeah. And then the, it, the, it's, it's all zoned. Yes. Um, one, one of the things with Sarasota in the area, which is a, a barrier to entry for other people coming into the market. In Sarasota, you, you have a height limit as to how hard you can um, build your hotels. And ours is 16 story, and I can't remember mm-hmm. what the limit is, but to build build up to 16 story, there's only one other permit that's allowed within the downtown area to do that. There were two, but we took one of them. So there's only one other one other hotel that can be built to the same size of ours. So that's a barrier, like I said, that's a, that's a, a barrier to entry for others coming into the market as well. Mm-hmm. What's the whole time, right? When you're speaking with your investors on this deal, how long are you uh, expecting to hold the property? And then what's your, you know, target or projected ARR, IRR, all that fun stuff? Uh, well, the, the actual hold time is going to look to be for five years for investors, even though at the end of this, they might hold on to the hotel, depending on what the market looks like at that period of time. But mm-hmm. the, the equity multiple right now is right, right around 1.89 is it projected on the performa. And if I remember right, the IRR okay. is right around between 18 and 20. 18 and 20. Okay. And then can you do a, you can you do a cost segregation study on, on ground up development? That's, that's a good question. I don't think you can do it until actually the hotel's built after it's built. Until it's built. But you, but you okay. should be able to do it. All right. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of investors are looking for those tax efficiencies, so you know, value added it's there, but ground up development, I'm not really sure how that works, honestly. Where do the um the tax plays come in? Yeah, I'm not don't quote me on this, but my, my thought is that that the cost segregation can't happen until after the building's actually built and operational because you don't have anything to, to depreciate. To depreciate, right, right, right. Okay, cool. Um so what's it, what does the team look like? Who's your lead sponsor on that deal? At the lead sponsor of the deal is um, NASA Investments. It's a group out of Cincinnati that has, um, right now, I think he, he has three or four hotels under, under his belt, not including this one that's being done right now, and another group called TREP Development okay. that actually did the, the architecture in that portion of it. And those two are the lead sponsors of the gotcha, deal. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I need a name. I don't know the companies. Is there anybody that I know? Uh, the, the actual one of the deal sponsors of. for I I know the the person I know is the person who's a sponsor on NASA, and his name is Mike Ely. He runs mm-hmm. out of Cincinnati and has a, a private equity firm out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, I love Mike. Uh, shout out to Mike. I see him on social media a lot, and he looks like us. So hell yeah, yeah bro! <laughs> it's not something you see a lot, right? <laughs> you know, seriously. Um, uh, him and Don Peoples. Awesome. Are how did you uh, How did you get linked up with him? Um, I'm actually a part it of his Brandon group. Rule too. He he's also. 
Oh yeah, I think I've heard of him. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. But I'm actually a part of uh, Mikey's yeah, group plus, plus several other groups that I'm in for for um, for mastermind groups, and I just basically just talked to him about getting involved with the deal, and it looked like it was a, a place where I could fit, and I got to wait and see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, man. That's really cool. And shit, having that on your resume, that would be huge. $120 million. Oof. Yeah, and that's just construction, is, right? Like, that's just the cost of building. Oh, well, no. Well, yeah, that's just the cost of building. That's not the cost of what the actual property be worth once it's actually built. That number, After. I don't know, but I know it's, it's right, more than $120 right. million. Like, I know right now the, yeah. the construction costs, construction cost, uh, are estimated to be about fifty million, even though we're looking for seventy million. And there's like there's another type of financing called C Pace, which is really for the environment environmental oh, yeah, and also that sort of thing. When it comes to building hotels, you can get funding through through a, I think it's through a government agency if I remember correct. But that we're looking for forty million. So that right around the right around that mark yeah. of 120 to 100, 130 million. Yeah, with the pace funding, you can get all the eco stuff, right? So mm -hmm. if it helps reduce emissions, like appliances, windows, roofs, um, HVAC systems, like so much stuff can run through pace. And then it doesn't tie to anybody. It ties to the property, which is super helpful as well. Um, we'll look into that a little bit for some previous projects. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. I, I honestly, I, I want to stay in touch with you just to see how this progresses because, bro, this is it's not every day that, you know, you're part of a group that's building a damn Hilton hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Uh, yeah. If you could go back to day one, day one, going into the multifamily space, right? Making that transition from the, um, the single family space, right? to the multifamily space. Was there anything that you would do differently? Uh, the one thing I can think of is I probably would have gotten a mentor sooner than, than I did. Mm -hmm. Only because that, I mean, once I, once I got the mentors, when things started to roll, um, my the very first, very first uh, coach slash mentor is a guy out of Canada named Marcin Droz. And he's, he's done a lot of capital raising and also manages a lot of properties, property, properties too as well. But he also has a mentorship group as well on there, and they do both the mentorship on cap raising and also the multifamily side. But I, I didn't get into that until probably three or four months after I started looking at multifamily from the very beginning. But I would say the best thing to do would be right. uh, the two things I would do is one, get a mentor, and the other thing is start networking from day one. Even if I didn't know anything, start networking from day one. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's, I mean, and the thing about it is I feel like anybody who's had a little bit of success is coming out with a course these days. There's so many to choose from. Right. And they all range. Like, you know, I went, I, I bought the multifamily mindset course for a lot of money and I literally just signed up this year for Vina Jetty's course. She's from Vive Funds. She has a billion dollars in transactions in the multifamily right. space. So um, you know, I'm going through her content, I'm networking with her people, but you're right though. It's a cheat code, right? Like why, uh, start from zero when you can stand on the shoulders of giants. And that's definitely mm -hmm. how I'm looking at it. It's an investment to the future. 
Um, so with that, who are some people that you look up to in this space? Who are you modeling yourself after? Real quick, guys, if you're enjoying the show and want to help us grow, share, shoot us a five-star rating, and follow the show on Apple or Spotify. My goal is to continue to grow and get bigger and bigger guests on the show to reach more like-minded real estate investors and help everyone be more bold and build more wealth. Now, back to the show. Um, <laughs> that's a kind of a tough one to answer, but uh, there's a couple different people. Most of right now, I'm minding myself after what Mike Ely has already done, just because he's the one in the in the space that I know mm -hmm. on the hotel side and is is actually actually doing it and teaching people how to do it. So I would say him right now. Yeah, I'm gonna reach out to him. I'm just gonna slide in his DMs. You know what's funny about Mike? So I post to my stories and I'm just now starting out on Instagram, right? So if you're not following me, you should. Trey Jacobs underscore, shameless plug there. Um, <laughs> but I'll post a story and then, and then Mike would come through and he would like that story, but Mike doesn't follow me. And in my head, I'm like, how does, how does that work, right? And he's done it a few times. So that, that, it, it messed with my head because I've, I've seen Mike around. So now... Obviously, I got to slide in his DMs, right? And say what up. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. And it, you know, for me, right? Like, there's a few people that I'm really looking up to right now. One is Vina Jetty, right? Again, a billion dollars in transactions. I think on her last deal, she raised, her, her company raised like 50 or $60 million. And my little, you know, brain can't even like quantify that. Like, how in the hell do you raise fifty million dollars from your single company, right? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, you know what? To be in that realm would be cool. So I'm gonna buy her course and you know try to learn as much as I can from her. Um, and then in like this podcasting space, right? The social media definitely look up to Rich Summers. I don't know if you've seen him. He does boutique Man. hotels, short term rentals. Yeah, he's he's killing the game. He's honestly killing the game. He's out of San Diego. So, uh, you know, definitely watch how he's moving and try to take notes and, you know, implement what I can from that. So uh, definitely shout out to Rich and shout out to Vina. Okay, right, my man. I one, Here's I a question. one other person. Uh, the other person is, which is yeah, far off, and don't, don't know, I know a little bit about him, is actually Donahue Peoples on the, on the development side. Don Peoples. I've heard that name, but I don't know where I've heard it from. He's from, he's actually Don from DC. He's from DC or from the DC area. And he's actually done development in, okay. um, in New York, Miami. I think he did some stuff in, in the San Francisco area too, as well. But he was also building a tower in New York. The last I heard of it, the freedom tower, if I remember that's the name. Wow. In New York. Ooh, yeah. all that red tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna look into him because that's dope, man. Again, like the 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 ground up stuff, I know absolutely nothing about. I can talk to you all day about value ads and whatnot, but I definitely and maybe I shouldn't look into it because I'll get sucked in and you know won't be able to come up for air because uh, I just want to keep learning more and more. Um, the thing right, is, so the thing is, what motivates you? You know, oh, the, go thing, ahead. the thing happened for me was is that I put on my list for this 2024 to start learning development and understanding it both on the multifamily side and also the hotel side to get familiar with it. So I, so I have that as a tool in my toolbox to, to do it at some point in the future. So the, it How just are you, happened you, to both is that like up. YouTube University? 
No, no. Yeah. And that's a, that's exactly like, why, why why I started looking for projects that people are working on that are doing development. And get looking to get involved yeah. wherever I can. Yeah. Uh, I hear that. I hear that. What's up, man? Okay. So um the last year, right? Like multifamily, I'm sure hotels as well. You know, it's been it's been rough with the interest rate hikes, right? Um, what keeps you going, right? Like what is motivating you? What's your, what's your why to want to succeed in this space? Oh, well, I can take it one step even further beyond that. Uh, my motivation to, to succeed is really based upon my why we're starting around my family and friends. I want to be the catalyst for generational wealth and financial freedom for my family and for my, for my friends too, as well. And I'm not, not just talking about it. I've actually set up a group called a financial mastermind that is with my family and friends. And we bring in speakers every three months to talk about different financial topics related to investing and also about uh, uh, estate planning too, as well. So, and then la just this past last year in July, we had a, uh, a financial mastermind group that went for about two, probably three to four hours talking about a lot of different topics related to investing and estate planning. And I'm looking mm -hmm. to have another one this coming year, hopefully increasing the amount of people that are going to be there. But I've got a, got, got a group of people that are interested. I know that not everybody's going to be interested. Not everybody's going to want to attend. But I, the only thing I can do is just reach out. Oh, yeah, man. That's what's up. You, I, that is actually a really great idea. My family probably is nowhere near as big as yours. But, shoot, I mean, should definitely look into doing something like that. Or even for my community, right? Like, I live in an area right. where... Um, like could definitely benefit from this type of education. So big ups to you for, for setting that up. Right. All right. So with Hamilton investments group, um, how are you planning to scale your operation in, in the future? Well, I've been thinking about that since, since to be honest with you, day one, um, essentially what I'm looking to do is to get, get enough skills on the multifamily side, which I've got enough for right now. Um, now I'm looking to get into the hotels, get that under my belt, and also get the ground up the development of both of those under my belt too as well. And then at that point, once I have a good feel for both of those, is start to work with partners in those two areas and run, 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 start to bring people on for each one of those different areas to build those spaces. But then the other side of that, outside of this in addition to it, which is outside of the multifamily and kind of commercial space, is looking to buy businesses. And so that'll be the final leg of this mm. and, and to have a private equity firm that provides businesses and also does hotels and uh, apartment complexes as well. It's a hell of an operation. Are you, do you follow uh, Cody Sanchez? Yeah, I know she is. I've, I've read, listened to some of her stuff. Yeah. She's pretty dope when it comes to the, uh, the buying boring businesses. So what type of, boring business do you plan on buying i had looked at e-commerce but i don't think i'm going to do that um uh, all i know right now is i'm looking to get businesses that are somewhere around the 10 million and below mark as far as what i'm going to be looking for mm -hmm. and then i'll figure out what type of business i yeah. want to get into for there I, I thought about getting into it since that's my background but i'm, I'm still trying to figure that piece out I'm, that piece is later on probably not till two years out I want to get these other three things under my belt right. in this two-year period of time. No, I respect that. I have the same issue, though, because I, I, I want to get, you know, I want to grow my company. It's Page Capital Group. 
uh, to be able to do all pretty much everything you just listed, right? But I need to find <laughs> success on one thing before I can move on to the next thing. And sometimes that is easier said than done, right? I right. watch a video by Cody Sanchez and she's like, buy businesses. And then I'll go through this YouTube rabbit hole about buying businesses. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell am I doing? I got to focus on multifamily first before I go out there and try to be this, uh, you know, mega empire, right? So it's, right. it's tough. Were you well, around in the, the last recession in 08? Yeah, I was. I was I wasn't doing so, I wasn't doing any any uh, real estate at that time. I, I just had the the okay. single family homes and the lots at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. It's that's another that's an issue I have, right? Like in 08, I was a freshman in college. I did not care about what was going on in the world. I didn't care about economics. I was just you know, I was in college, you know, I was having a good right. time playing basketball and whatnot. Um, but, you know, having lived through that, is there anything from that time period that you've kind of pulled out and plan on leveraging uh, through this next downturn, if it ever really comes? Uh, the only thing is, the, the main thing is just to be, keep my eyes open for the opportunities that will come out of that. Um, with, with people who have either over leveraged themselves or actually ended up not doing a conservative underwriting and ended up being themselves in trouble too as well. Mm -hmm. Looking for those opportunities to be able to go in there and help them out um, by by taking on the asset, asset myself after after that point in time. But other than that, I, I don't I don't really see that much of a comparison between 2008 and what what they say coming is coming up, because in 2008 that's when anybody who could fog up America could get a loan. And there were several people who got loans mm -hmm. that shouldn't have gotten loans where that and the banks weren't as heavily regulated at then as they are now because of 2008. So I, my personal opinion is I see a soft landing coming, nothing, nothing with this dramatic crash or anything else. That's what I see as far as the tea leaves are showing me. Yeah. 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 I, I can I wish I, I wish I was paying attention back then because I know that this is a big concern for people who are not as, you know, in the business as, as you or I, or probably a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast. So um, when you're speaking to investors, does that ever come up as an objection or a reason why they might uh, not want to invest in a deal in your hotel deal? Well, it's, it's come up, but what I, what I always tell them is that it's really on a deal by deal basis. Um, every market in real estate, like you can partner mm -hmm. at nauseum, every real estate, any, every market in real estate is completely different. So one deal could be in an area that's risky that doesn't have a lot of migration coming to it, doesn't have a lot of businesses associated with it, or maybe doesn't have a lot of people coming there for vacation or whatever the, 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 the situation may be. You have to look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. Right. I'm not buying properties all across the United States. I'm only looking for properties in the southern U.S., which I think kind of puts a barrier between what could happen and what I, what I think is going to happen down the road as far as looking for opportunities and being in an area where there's positive migration happening. Cause I look in the Southern U S. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your biggest like metric that you're tracking? Like uh, how many people are moving to an area? Well, I, I, I look for that, but I also look for what the median median uh, uh, income is in that area, as well as what the actual median mm -hmm. rents are in the area and make a comparison between those to see what the affordability is on the, those areas that are there. And I also look at what new mm -hmm. businesses are coming to the area too as well. Like for, as an example, I'm about an hour from Savannah 
and Savannah has an area outside called Hines, not Hinesville, but another area outside that. And that's where there's going to be a, ba- a battery factory built. So I'm looking in that area because that's mm. going to be a positive area of growth in that area. And they don't have the infrastructure to support that that business, much less the other businesses that come in to support the battery factory. So it's kind of like looking for looking for those sort yeah. of things that you can find out that are going on. That no matter what happens with the economy, those areas are still going to be good. That, that makes sense, definitely. And I'm looking at the same things for multifamily. But how do you do that for a hotel? Right? Are you just looking at like tourism rates or like major corporations in the area, or or how are you analyzing that aspect with that asset? It's it's fairly similar to to looking at uh, multifamily. You look at the same metrics. The only thing the difference you're looking at is. Uh, focus a little bit more heavily on is what businesses are in the area, what new businesses are coming in the area that don't need to use your hotel. So if you're strategically located in an area where all the businesses mm-hmm. are coming, you're going to do well. Or if you're strategically located in an area where the, where people want a vacation to, then you'll be you'll also be well in that area too as well when it comes to hotels. So those are those there's several other things you can look at, but those are the two major ones that I look at. J- just before I even get into even nice looking man. at a hotel nice. deal in the area. Like, like as an example, um, I, I asked looking for a co-star report on several areas in Florida to see how they're doing. And then I'll make a decision after I understand mm-hmm. what's going on in the market, whether I want to go there, regardless of, of what's happening with the insurance rates in Florida, I still think there's opportunity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Florida. I mean, my insurance here has gone up in Texas, but not probably not as bad as it is in Florida right now. Holy right. Cow. <laughs> I feel bad for them. Like, yeah, yeah that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> um, so how have you leveraged relationships to continue to grow and, and find the success that you found so far since entering the space? Um, like I was saying before, I think networking is probably the most important thing that you can do because once you end up getting into these different networks of different networking groups that are either online or in person, you get to meet people and you meet them where they are and find out what their need, what their needs are. Don't don't focus on what you want. Focus on what they need. And then from there, you can find out if there's some synergies between that. If you can provide something for them that, that will help them get to the next level that they're looking to get to, then you, you automatically benefit too as well because you're getting what you want. But not just not, just not starting from the point of what you want, looking at what they want first. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a bar, bro. That's a bar. Um, okay, so this is a tough one, right? Because uh, it's all about trust, right? Like when you're working with a sponsor, like how do you know who to trust? There's been so many articles later or lately that have like name dropped, dropped specific syndicators, and you know, saying that their operation is in turmoil and whatnot. But you know, public facing, you don't see any of that. Right. Um, how are you navigating that? Like, how do you know who to trust in this space? Well, the first part, I look at the track work and how long they've been around. Like you mentioned before, the 2008 crisis. Mm-hmm. To me, if they were around in 2008 and they fared fairly well during that period of time, then I have a little bit more trust in their ability to manage, op- manage operations, not only now, but when any other turmoil comes up with this supposed recession that's coming forward as it right now. But as far as trusting person, the only thing I can say is it takes time. It just take your time. I, what I always say is date first, marry later. <laughs> so get to know them, take your time. <laughs> don't don't overcommit to doing every single thing and building a partnership from day one that's going to last 20 years. 
just take it day by day until you get to the point that you understand what they want, what you want, how, how your skill sets uh, match up, and then go forward from there. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Who is the most valuable relationship that you've made in the multifamily space as of today? Huh? That's kind of hard. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, man. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, most of them come from, from, uh, and these are, I, I use the relationship loosely, but, uh, there's, um, uh, Martian Droz, because I was in his his um, mentorship program, and also Brian Briscoe. Right. I'm not sure if you know him, Brian Briscoe, and another guy named Kyle McEwen, uh, um, who's also he he's he's, he's, he's another group that I have that men called Tribe of Titans. You probably don't know him. Tribe of Titans. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Brian yeah. Briscoe. No, I, yeah. I've seen him. He's actually an MFM as well too. He has a podcast, uh, right? Yeah, he's a what? Yeah. He has you a podcast he, too, right? Yeah, he does. He has a podcast. So he does that all the time. He took a break here for two months, but he's yeah, back at yeah, it again. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. Oh uh, yeah, this, is, <laughs> this podcast and stuff, man. It's not for the faint of heart. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> I get it. All right, so roadmap for twenty twenty four. You know, it's like with goal setting, right? Like you can have your three and your five year goals, right? But honestly, what really matters is this next six to twelve months, right? Like, what are you going to accomplish in that time period uh, that's going to help you get to those three to five year goals? So, what do you got planned, man? What are your What are your big scary goals? Um, Well, I'm doing exactly the same thing I did on the multifamily side. I said I kept it simple. I said, I just want to get one apartment complex underneath my belt with anywhere between 50 to 150 units in this year. So I was able to accomplish that. So this year I'm doing, I'm going attacking the hotel side the same way because that's what I'm focused on now. And I'm looking to get one hotel under my belt within the next six to 12 months and added the extra added thing on top of it, which is just cherry on top is doing a development deal in addition to that too as well. So I'm getting conquering two of the goals that I have in one by getting involved with this hotel deal but specifically that, that's what i'm focused on yeah, is one hotel deal. okay all right i think yeah you're already well on your way so i need i need another goal what's your goal after this hotel deal closes right like what is it maybe two months to raise the money and then you got 10 more months in a year right so i mean the, the thing is that that that'll be the end for that piece but then the actual work of going through the development of it is will come up right after that. So I, I, what I've, I've seen that as being what, an area where I can have a little bit of additional time. And so if I can do it, I'm going to acquire another mm-hmm. hotel, not a $120 million hotel, <laughs> a, a 20, anywhere between 10 and $20 million looking for a hotel that falls within that. That's a limited service that for right now, looking in the southeast, southeast United States for that. And I'm going to be breaking down exactly where the locations okay. are, so I'm not doing a fire shot, a, a spread fire shot across the whole whole of the southeast. I'm going to be focused on specific areas I'm looking for hotels in. Are and, you are you um so with that like boutique hotels, right? Are you looking at Airbnb options, or is it strictly like traditional hotel management? Yeah, well, by by limited service, what I mean is that. The hotel doesn't have a, a restaurant or any of the other things associated with that. Just really, just just beds and rooms, and that's about it. So, and that's what you get on the limited service side. So, I'm looking for something like that 
something that'll be a little easier to run than having to worry about a, a, a restaurant and, and any of the other things that come associated with that too as well. So I'm going to focus on getting one other hotel in addition to that after this deal closes and we're well on our way. But right now I'm 100% focused on this hotel deal. Uh, that, and to be honest with it, just started probably two, three weeks ago. So I'm, I'm knee deep in the middle of it based upon where they are in, in oh, the wow. original deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you, yeah, you got some work to do. It's going to be, yeah. <laughs> at least it's inter- at least it's interesting, right? It's, it's yeah. never boring. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I didn't just start getting, getting, right, well, man, well, I can tell you, well, the, the thing is that what, what I tell people, what, what I would do if I was just starting out and, and, and get, getting into commercial real estate investing is first of all, I'd pick up as many books as you can and understand as much as you can about the market and about the actual hotel asset that you're actually looking to get into. And then that second thing I would do is I would get a mentor to help speed that and help you get get around any mistakes that you would make doing it on your own. And then what I would also do as a part of that is start off by understanding the underwriting first, because that'll help you on the capital raising side when you go to talk to different investors about the market and about the specific deal you're looking at. And then once you have that, if you depending on how fast you want to grow, my opinion is is then focus on the capital raising side. Because then you have the skill set for like what I'm looking at, development, hotels, apartments, and then businesses. So I'm playing the same strategy on all of them. Understand and understand the details first. I love it, man. Bring my head up, head up from there, and start looking at the strategic side by looking at where I can place capital. Ooh, man, you got it all planned out, man. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. You kind of took my, stole my thunder, bro. I was going to ask you if you had any advice to people who are just starting out, but you kind of just like <laughs> knocked it out of the park there. You said read books. What are your top three books? Let's get some recommendations. Uh, well, as far as when I talk about, talk about getting books or getting anything, the first thing I would do is start with the dummy books or the, 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 the dummy books that are out there that talk about commercial real estate. And there's one on commercial estate, there's one on another one. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but start there because then you get the basics of what 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 you need to know on the commercial side, and then get into specific books focused on the area you're looking for, whether that be hotels or whether that be uh, apartments too as well. Um, I actually like the best ever book by Joe Fairless, which I thought was pretty good as a recommendation. Um, he goes through in, in a mm-hmm. lot of detail on, on lots of things related to apartment complexes as well. But those, that would be probably the one I would start with if you're just being beginning af- after going through the dummy books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And hey, to be honest with you, that's my recommendation for anything that you're looking to accomplish. Start with the dummy books <laughs> because that'll give you a foundation you know, I, of knowledge. I see those. Go ahead. To like build off of. I've never read one of those though. I've seen them all the time, but I've actually never picked one up to read. It still gives you a, gives you a broad strokes on gives you broad strokes on any topic you're looking for, and then from there you can get more specific. That's what I found worked for me. Nice man. Um, so wrapping up, bro. I mean, there's a lot of valuable tips in here. I appreciate your time for sure. Any 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 closing words? Um, no, I would just say, uh, and I've said it a couple of times during this. If you want to take anything from what I've said, the most important thing you need to do is network. You can pick up the other pieces, and there's a way that you you have. If you do, if you do read the books and do everything else as far as the mentorship and everything else, you have a chance of being able to understand the knowledge. But in order to get into deals and to be able to expand and broaden your network, 
and broaden your 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 horizons as far as what you're looking at. You have to network in each of those spaces to find those people that that you can work with and allow you to build out in those areas. So that so but all that happens from your network. I love it, bro. So again, Charles, thank you so much for joining me today, listeners. This is Charles Hamilton of Hamilton Investments Group. I'll drop his information in the chat. Actually, no, you tell me where where can the people find you? What's the best place to reach you? Uh, reach me directly through email. Email Charles Hamilton at Hamilton Investments with an S GRP dot com. Perfect, bro. Perfect. I'll drop that information into the description wherever you're listening or watching. Again, thank you guys. Thank you, Charles. I'm Trey Jacobs. This is Charles Hamilton, and we are out of here. Peace.